0: Hi, everyone, welcome to Success in Sales Hacks and Chats with Mike McDonnell. I have a very special guest today. We have Carol Railton joining me. Carol, thanks for being a guest on the show. My pleasure. Carol is a behaviourist specialising in business body language, and she is in the top five in the world so she's one of the the best at what she does. So we're going to dive into learning styles in business today so Carol could you set the scene for us a little bit and share with us what learning styles are and how they impact our business.
1: Okay learning styles are a fairly recent phenomenon and what they do is they look at how people take on information how they learn and there's a couple of strident ones like people who are very visual who look to find information and use words that describe looking like seeing and that sort of thing and it pays in sales particularly to know what type of person you're dealing with because you can then adapt to their style not asking you to mimic them in fact I think that can be very dangerous especially if they're, they're depressed or something but um, <laughs> what I'm suggesting is that if you understand the vocabulary they use and the behaviours they use then you have more chance of understanding how to deliver your offering to them and therefore they're more likely to understand it and go ahead
0: is there anything to suggest that this activity makes a big Impact so if someone is, say, um, a visual learner, so someone learns things by seeing, but you communicate as if it were audio, so you use like hearing and all those things instead. Does it have that much of an impact on the actual result itself?
1: Um, if you're looking for stats, I can't do them off the top of my head, but yes, it does have a great impact. If you start at a school level, at someone at school having difficulty if you then test them and find out their way of learning, then you can adapt and deliver the the training to them in a way that they take the information on. They can then catch up with the other children and sometimes they even overtake the other children because they feel so confident now that they are learning and feel equal to the people around them that if they are someone with an active brain and a high IQ, Um, this understanding and learning takes them further. So it starts at a very base level. So if you carry that little example through into sales, if you suddenly change with a client that you've been using, uh, sorry, that you've been meeting for ages, why would you ever use a client? (laughs) Where did that word come from? If you... um, that you've been seeing for a, a while and you haven't progressed and in your heart you think your product or service is absolutely ideal for them and they've taken no action, I suggest you do try and find out their learning style by listening and watching and then applying those behaviors in a, to them directly in your next presentation or meeting with them. And I think you'll see a difference. Maybe it's a no, or maybe it's a yes. That's something else. But the the reality is they're able to make a decision because it's resonating more with them than how you spoke to them previously. It's the same product or service that you're offering. You're just giving it to them in a different way. And because you do that, they take the information on more readily if it's in their style.
0: So does it does it actually have a an impact in terms of how the other person feels about you as a person? So, I mean, the first sort of thing that jumped to my mind is they'd probably feel more understood. They'd probably feel like they can connect with you a little bit more, which is obviously it's only going to benefit. But are there any other benefits that you can think of, or that you could share with us for for using things in this way? And, you know, trying to – me, I wouldn't say it's – you're not using people, are you? But it's like you're trying to understand people. You're trying to, to figure out how they see the world, aren't you? That's kind of how – how I sort of perceive it. So what benefits could we have from, from trying to at least attempt to adopt this?
1: And um, What you suggest is all correct and very healthy uh, as benefits. And one of the other benefits that I think is really, really important, and that is time. Because if you're communicating with someone in a way that they understand and prefer you're going to save time, there's less questions, there's more connection, you're both speaking the same language and therefore you get the whole presentation done in a quick of time, your client understands you better as you suggest, you get on better because he thinks you're an okay guy or girl and the whole thing works really well. And, and it goes on because now you've had a good meeting where you're both talking the same language. The next meeting that you have with them will go even faster because you're building on that when you see them next time. And they begin to trust you more. And trust is important in this because if we don't understand something, we have a, have a choice, don't we? To dig deeper or move away. And that's very important. We want the client to be more curious and move towards us. They'll only do that if they think that, one, you've got something to offer, and two, you're an okay person. And perhaps more importantly, the third one, that you understand them. So all those three come into play if you get this right.
0: How do we work that out Like within the the first couple of the minutes of talking to people then so if we want to try to at least maximize this if we because if we're someone that is trying to grow our business and is trying to, to sell a bit more powerfully and using you know these sort of techniques that you're you're taking us through i mean for the first thing that comes to my mind is there, there must be certain certain things that we can ask there must be certain things that we can pick up on because i know from the, the talks that I've had with people is that people tend to use certain words without thinking that it means anything. Mm. And sometimes it tends to be interchangeable. So they could use seeing and hearing and, or it feels a bit weird that, which is um, from what I know it's the, the, the kinesthetic, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. And it's, it, it comes across that people just use these words, like without really knowing what they mean. So Is there like a way of finding out or is it just a case of, you know, it just gets clearer over time?
1: That's a good question. We have an advantage because nearly 79, sorry, 69%. So nearly 70% of the population is visual. So you can start by using visual language. Um, Mr. Client, if we did this for you, What would that look like in three or four months' time compared to now? This is not so different from question you might have asked before. But what you're doing is you're putting the look in, seeing, the the visuals in. You could try that then with an auditory word, which is... um, How does that sound to you? Is that the sort of thing that you... Oh, see, I'm so visual. I hate to say a visual word, but I think just that is so funny. Um, How does that sound to you? In six months' time, would that be something that you'd like to hear going on in your organisation? Yeah. So those are the sort of things you can do to pick up very quickly the auditory and the visual. If you're stuck and you're really not clear, then you need to use all of the words. You need to use words about thinking, feeling. You need to use hearing words and you need to use visual words in your vocabulary, in your presentation. But here's the difficult part. You now need to listen very attentively to your client and find out what words they're using back to you. So they they might, of course, use all of them but it's the amount of, of each one that you're interested in. So you want to um, make sure that they are not, you, I'm sorry. I think you can hear my mail. I didn't realize it was still on. I'll just That's okay. It it's all right. Yes. Yeah, sorry about that. Of course it won't go today. So it's going to have to be a false one. So um, you, you, you really need to do that. You, you Otherwise you're going to continue. If you don't, Take time and do this. You'll continue in the same vein and you'll get the same results. Yeah, and the, why we're talking about this is because you want to get better results and you want to get better understanding of your client. So you can program and set agendas for the years to come, not just for today or tomorrow. And this is a very quick way of doing it. We all make plans. We all have ideas. We all set our targets for the new year. And these behaviours, if we don't change them, our results won't change. And if we can actually grasp this and start taking action and using these behaviours, these words, we will get a different result. We'll have a cleaner pipeline. We'll have more understanding of our client base so we're better able to predict. And the clients, interestingly, think we're okay and like us. And we would probably be able to find out much more quickly what they don't like about other services and products, which I think is as vital as getting the deal, because that will show you which avenue you're going to need to go down before you start using the words and behaviors that you, you need to use with this client. And we haven't looked, see how official I am, we haven't looked at um, how that works because someone who's visual is more likely to take an interest in what they wear. At a rough guess, if someone is extrovert and smart, they're going to be visual, yeah, because right. they believe that an visual impression gets you noticed and makes an impact and is good for business. Yeah. Whereas someone who's more interested in comfort will not be so interested in visual. Possibly, not always. Possibly more auditory or kinesthetic. They're more interested in feelings. They're more interested in the imagination than the visual person is.
0: What sort of effects could it have if it went wrong? So. I'm kind of hoping that there's different answers to just the opposite of what we've just spoken about. Um, are, are there any sort of telltale signs that things aren't quite working out because maybe you've got things wrong or maybe the the amount of the different words? So you said that we might all use all three, but it's having this, this idea of like percentages, isn't it? Like how much visual... Uh, words do we use how much audio words do we use how much kinesthetic words do we use all those sorts of things tend to play a part I guess in like how they prefer to be spoken to but what can happen if if we do get it wrong
1: it's not dangerous or anything like that it, if we're getting it wrong then, then we're probably struggling with the client as I said earlier It allows you to become clearer with the client. You're going to know if they want your service or product or not pretty soon. So I think that's important because that gives you more time to recalibrate and offer them something different or pull out if you can't compete. Yeah. So. It's it's a given for me when I'm talking to people that I understand this pretty quickly and I can look things up online now, I can see them giving a a podcast or at a um, conference call perhaps or giving a talk to an audience and from that you can understand, you can hear what words they're using and what they're expecting themselves to get in terms of results or behaviours. So if you're not clear about following their style, their pattern, what will happen is you'll be following your own agenda, believing that the client's not okay. You know, we've all done it. We will come back to the office and we said, oh, he he or she's not quite right in the head there. You know, they're not, not going ahead. Not always is that the case. Often it's because we can't relate to the client. So if we don't relate, which is what your question was, what are the dangers? Uh, many, That the first one is you won't understand what the client's needs are. You might have all the different um, levers on your sales system to tell you what to do when, the time span, you know, they've looked at the proposal, they've looked at, Um, other offerings they've been off-site to see a competitor they've been on site with you to see your product or service they've done all those things but you are still no clearer you can't talk to your sales manager or sales director and tell them when you're likely to get a sale or that you're not going to get the sale so it leaves you in limbo I think if you are not able to communicate with this a current client
0: I quite like that when you said limbo so does it you mentioned last time that it speeds up the process like if you can understand people and you can at least have a feel for how they take in information it tends to speed up the process so have you ever had this yourself where maybe it's not quite as clear as you might have thought and perhaps you've been in limbo yourself or do you always find that it gets easier over time perhaps like the first time you speak to them it might not be as clear I would imagine but then the more you speak to them it tends to to get clearer and then it gets easier over time or have you ever had a moment yourself when you've been in limbo and you've just sort of thought well it's probably better if if I didn't keep the conversation going
1: Yeah, let's take the end of that first. Um, I have passed over clients in the past to colleagues because clearly I was not making any impact at all, or if I was, it wasn't a positive one. So there are people that we don't get on with, and I think that needs to be recognised. And we don't recognise it enough. We beat ourselves up as salespeople and say, oh, we need to do this, we need to do that or the client needs to do this or that the reality is no one gets on with everybody not everyone died of the plague or we wouldn't be here yeah D- different things are required by different people for their lives so yes i've faltered and not got business and yes i've thought somebody was say auditory and and wasn't you know because when we first met how we were talking what we were talking about led us down a different path and I didn't pay enough attention. But the get, getting it wrong is not so bad. It just doesn't take you out of where you are. And the whole purpose of this is to progress, to make the conversation clearer, faster, and more sympathetic to the person who's listening. So you're, you're hoping... From, for an empathetic result from them as a result of giving them what they want. Because that's what we do as salespeople. We give our clients what they want. It, we, we package up our service and we make it fit their need. And part of their need is how they behave and, and we have to match that as well. And this is a, a, a chip that was been missing in, in a lot of sales for a lot of t- a long time.
0: Does it, does it have an impact like outside of the business? So like when, when people feel like they trust you a lot more, what certain things would, would, would change? What certain things would change if, if this was to, to be used, not just in business, but outside as well? Well,
1: take a very simple example. You know, if you're a girl in a bar and you see a guy that you fancy because he's wearing clothes that you like, and you say to them, you know, hey, I I really like your suit. It really would you wear a suit in a bar? Who knows anymore? Uh, I really like your suit. (laughs) Um, He'll probably feel very proud. He's probably visual. So that's a really good connection to that girl that's told him he looks good in that suit, she really likes it, yeah? So, you know, if they now connect, there's much more chance of them progressing to a relationship than if it started any other way. You know, like, oh, what, how often do you come here, who are you with, and that sort of thing. It doesn't immediately give you an intro to the other person.
0: Ah, I quite like that. So it's kind of like you, you go off what the, the other person like prioritises. Like if it is their clothes, then there could be a, a more visual thing. If, if not, then it could be something else. But then I suppose
1: well, in that example... Ear...
0: Go Sorry. I was um... If they've
1: got it, you know, something in their ear listening to music, then you, at a rough guess, if they're in a club, it's, they're going to be auditory if they're still listening to music. So you can go that route
0: yeah i'd imagine the um, the situation of being in a bar is probably a bit of a strange one because most people would probably curse somewhat about what they were if if they were in a bar regardless of whether they were Visual or or otherwise. I'd imagine it's greater or lesser degrees, you know, people can spend hours getting ready and some people throw on something and, and out they go. So I suppose it does, it does matter a little bit. And again, it comes across as more of a continuum as opposed to a, a yes or no.
1: Yeah, I think the, your next question or how they, re, more important I suppose than the next question is how do they respond? You no, know, they're really excited and let's take, take the suit, that looks nice they're really excited and happy, then I think you can follow that line until you hear something different, you know, that they start talking about whatever else that interests them in life. If you're in a disco and the music's playing, obviously everyone's going to be talking about the music. You can't make the assumption because someone likes the same tune as you that they're auditory, yeah? Mm, Yeah. It's not enough what one incident is not enough that's why i say you must check how many times someone uses any of these words and it does work (laughs) it does work i can tell you because we we (laughs) pass at a table i don't know if i should say this but anyway we sat at a table the other night actually taking bets on what behavior style these people had, we weren't right 100% of the time. I'd love to tell you we were, we weren't. But on the ones that we were correct on, we managed to get people dancing together who didn't know each other. They were on a table next to ours. So they weren't, we weren't connected in any way. Um, And and so we felt quite proud because we don't normally do that because we work in business. It was really, (laughs) really good and quite enjoyable. And I think something we thought we might introduce, you know, on an away day or something like that. So um, it does work. And of course, the the other area and angle that we have worked with that is social is with families. A lot of parents get frustrated with their children and it's because they are not connecting on that same level. You know, you get a very artistic child that draws and just curls up on the sofa and watches TV, that sort of thing. And, and the parents might be really into thinking and touching and this sort of thing, the aesthetic. And they try and get the child to go to bed, or, or let's just take that, go to bed. It's not working because the child doesn't hear it in their language, literally, they don't hear it in their language. And you need to start looking at that if you're a parent, how you can adapt and use your child's language. Not all children follow their parents' language, as we know. So it's an interesting one, and if parents can get this right with their children, they can very easily take it into business. And it is an easier step because children don't have such a wide vocabulary. So if you can work with it with a child and you, as a, a first learning part, post and then gravitate to adults, you're
0: ahead. I quite like when you said that the, the children don't always follow their parents. I, I always thought that they probably did, but yeah i mean it's interesting then because that's probably where a lot of the communication breaks down not only in in families and things but in business and one of the things that strikes me carol is the idea of of listening to the other person rather than always like you know trying to talk yourself mm. is is something that's quite important so spend a little a little bit of time talking about you know how important listening is and, and certain things that we can listen out for
1: Yes, I, I think absolutely that's the right way around. The old famous saying of you were given two ears and one mouth works in this scenario. You know, state your case, listen very attentively to the words they're using and watch what they're doing. You know, are, are they animated in their body language, in, 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 their, in their eyes when they're talking to you? Are they really connected? Because the more connected to you they feel, the more relaxed their body language will be. It's obvious, isn't it? If you trust someone, you're going to be more relaxed than if you don't. If you don't feel close to someone, your whole demeanor is different to someone you feel close to. We have a a personal area which is around us all the time. It's why why we feel difficult in the lift when we're all squashed up together. That's not normal (laughs) behavior, yeah? That is embarrassing for us because each of us, I mean, in each other's bubble, this little 10, well, it depends, we won't go into that today, about um, the training styles, that, but that's why we feel uncomfortable. That's why there's so much trouble at football grounds, because people are crushed in um, next to each other and everybody's invading everybody else's space. If you all like the same pop star, that's fine. It's less likely to be a problem. You all be jumping up screaming at the same time. But in a football match, you can get a clash. I know that they have different ends of the field for for each side, but there's a point where they meet. So it, these things are important. We like different things. We behave in different ways. That's why we join different groups. You know, I might join a art group you might join a dancing group that sort of thing these things help us to meet people who are like us which makes us feel better so that's the foundation for this it makes the other person and ourselves when we we, we get this right feel better because we're using less time we're doing our communication and sales with more ease and with more knowledge, what more can you ask for in a sale, really?
0: Yeah, I, mean, I can't imagine there being much more. I mean, does it does it ever strike you as... I know we've spoken about this at the beginning, where it's not about using people, is it? It's not about trying to manipulate people. It's not about trying to force people into a, a false sense of security, almost, before you, you then sell them. I mean, it, it's hard to... It's hard to distinguish between trying to manipulate someone and, you know, just trying to to help understand them. I mean, how how would you bridge the the gap between the two?
1: Well, I I, I don't think it is hard to understand the difference. I mean, why would you want to manipulate anyone? If you manipulate someone to make the sale, then what happens is they'd say words like, I was sold to. But if they make the decision themselves with you helping them, they will say things like, I bought this service or product. And that's what you want, really. You don't want to make them do anything or manipulate them to make them do something. You want them to make the decision themselves. Then when everything is hunky-dory a couple of months down the line, depending on your product, it might be instant, I don't know, then you're going to get repeat business. You'll never get repeat business if you manipulate the the person who's got the authority to buy. And that's why in the old, sorry, in the old days, they used to make two people responsible for purchasing. So if one person got beguiled by the salesperson, in those days, they thought salespeople were horrid, um, then (laughs) the other person could be more
0: pragmatic. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I mean, that, that's something that, that, that I'm aware of as well. I just thought it'd be worth clearing up for the people tuning in. I think it's it's about having a more positive relationship with the other person. Like you mentioned, like, I was sold to and all those sorts of things. I mean, this is, where, this is where things like buyer's remorse come in. Like, people buy something and go, oh, why on earth did I buy that? Chances are it's because... You know, it was a more negative experience because things were clashing with the way that you see the world and the way that you take in information, and maybe you felt a little bit manipulated and all those things. But um, yeah, I quite like the way you said that it was their choice. You know, it's more it's more about them than it is about you. So, are there any examples that you can give, perhaps sales related or business related? where you sort of gave an example of each of the three, so the audio, the visual, and the kinesthetic. Have you got any potential e- examples for us? You, you,
1: you mean in a selling situation, what's happened in a selling situation? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, you can imagine um, that I'm... See, I'm trying now hard to use all of them, um, but you, you can imagine <laughs> that well, I... am. Um, I find it very easy to deal with people who are visual. You know, I go into their offices, I see a nice painting on the wall maybe, um, and I can start talking about that. And I do know quite a lot about painting as it happens. And um, that will tie me into a client immediately. And if that works, just that one thing, I do need to listen to make sure I'm on the right track. But invariably you are. And I do know I was selling to a client actually in Manchester, more up your end of the world, really, than mine, um, who could oversee the cricket it's at Trafford Park. His office overlooked Trafford Park uh, cricket ground. Is it still there? This is a story from a while ago
0: it is yeah it
1: is (laughs) so that people will know what I'm talking about okay so um I went in and I'd seen him once before and I'd just taken over that territory and my colleague said to me this guy is a waste of space you know I've been seeing him for ages seeing him for ages yeah and um I, I just can't get anywhere so my take on just that one conversation with my colleague was that he was visual and this client I was about to see was not. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Even though if I hadn't heard my colleague speak, I might've thought he was visual because his chair and his desk allowed him to see onto the cricket ground. Yeah. So, you know, he liked cricket, but he wasn't visual.
0: Mm, Right.
1: So what I'm saying in that case without, um, testing it when I went to the client, um, I had inside information about the client. I had negated one of them, which was visual. So I knew that I had to use auditory and kinsey kinesthetic. So I was all I was like, "Oh, can can you hear the cricket from here? Yeah? Um, how how does that affect you when everyone cheers? I mean, these are very simple things, but they were the sort of things I was talking to him about." Before I even told him why why I was there, and you know that I wouldn't be telling this story unless there was a happy ending. And of course, I got (laughs) the visit, and I got it in one call. Now, can you imagine going back to the office to tell—not to tell my boss, but to tell this guy? You'd have that client for a year. Every year, I was working for Xerox at the time. Every year, there was a changeover on your clients. Yeah, you had. We got smaller and smaller territories with higher and higher targets. You know how it goes. Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And um, so within two days of having my new territory, I had a massive order. That other salesman had done a lot of work. The client knew the product inside out. What he didn't know was how it fitted into his business. And I was able to tell him that. In a lingo that he understood and he signed on the day which just shows you how comfortable he was I mean I I wasn't even sure I got an order for that you know it was really really good so that that's one so sometimes you can get the information from your colleagues is what I'm saying and that's important if someone's been in that client for a while And we often forget that, you know, these people are useful because they've spent a lot of time there. Um, Visuals, I can give you hundreds of examples of success. I'm just thinking now of a Kinsey aesthetic for you because I think that's a fair way of going. Um, Well, I, I, I was dealing with a firm of lawyers And I took a punt really because I didn't have much time. The guy said I'd only got 20 minutes and so I had to get things done pretty quickly. So I was pretty focused and I'd only just learned about these techniques at that time as well. So it was, you know, when you have information, but you're not able to test it yet because you still want to take control of what's going on in your territory. Anyway, I went in to see this lawyer who was in, incredibly incredibly well educated and hundreds of letters after his name that sort of thing and um, we started talking and because he he was a barrister he just kept talking and talking and talking and I didn't have to do anything I immediately knew that he he was interested in the in the service but also that he took information on in any which way, but his preferred way was to to think, you know, like it was very pragmatic. So you could give a short amount of information and, and then just ask for the clothes, which is what I did. And interestingly, very interesting, this is a long time ago. I'm still friends with him. Um, and I mean friends rather than business because he's retired. He was so successful. Um, and he, he only asked me recently, which I thought was really funny. He said, how did you actually get that business from me? I said, what do you mean? You gave me the business. <laughs> he said, no. He said, I realized after you left, I didn't get the business on the first day there. Um, he said, I realized after you left on the first day that I told you more than I've ever told anyone else. I told you how I would feel yeah, about it being in our business, um, what it would look like. Uh, he had used all the senses, yeah? So it was quite interesting that I was able to tell him how I'd done it and pinpoint it down. And he, he was quite impressed and he said, would it help my son who uh, who's in IT? And I said, it'll help anyone that's communicating with somebody else. So I actually did two coaching sessions with his son very recently. Um, Just just on that basis. And what we did with the son, um, we uh, um, looked at what his preferred behavior was, what his learning style was. And then we looked at how that could cause problems if he didn't change when he um, met someone who was different. And then if he adapted what the benefits would be. So we did some role playing and it was really good. And I've just had a Christmas drink with him last week, the father, so, and the father paid for the son, by the way. <laughs> so,
0: <you laughs> Always the way.
1: it's so amazing, is it? The son's got an amazing job, you know, he could have got me into the company, but no, he just wants it for himself. But anyway, there you go.
0: How hard is it to talk to someone who is kinesthetic? So, visual and audio come across as slightly more straightforward, but Damn. most people tend to struggle with communicating their feelings anyway. So how would you, how would you go about encouraging someone who is kinesthetic to to share, I guess, when, when most people struggle to do that anyway? Well,
1: the same sentence, I'm afraid, you're going to have to use intermittently is, uh, how do you feel about that? And then maybe add something to the end. How do you feel about that? Would that fit in with your plans yeah so you're you might try not to say that actually that ending would that fit in with your plans because you'd get a closed answer they could say yes or no if you've got a no you could as long as you're a capable salesperson you could say well what would feel right to you i know i'm emphasizing the words that i would use but the client doesn't know that you're doing that yeah You feel embarrassed sometimes about using those words. And as you said, it's more difficult for those sorts of people in the main. But if you use the word that they're comfortable with, they're going to feel more relaxed and more at ease with you anyway. So it's worth going for it as soon as you can.
0: So were you sort of saying then that people who are kinesthetic are actually more open to share about their feelings because that's what they're comfortable with?
1: Not always immediately, but once you get them, yes, that's absolutely correct. But they are also quite close because they can be seen in business as more vulnerable. So they would have already built up their shield to protect themselves. Yeah? So it's about letting them easily drop back into their natural state of sharing and feeling.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's almost like you're trying to find the communication style that will almost open them up a little bit to be more themselves. And then when when that person is more themselves, they're more comfortable, they're more, I guess, more confident and more, yeah, they feel more themselves, I guess. So then they can share in a way that works best for them. Absolutely. They, it
1: does take longer for them, I think you mentioned that just now, for them to open up. That's why you probably spend initially more time with them than you would the other two. So plan for that. If you are a kinesthetic person anyway, it's going to be quite easy for you. But if you're not, then you can use all of them, but just focus on, when you're giving a closing question, use something about feeling, you know. Would that feel right to you, Mr. Client? Would, would that touch the right spot, Miss Client? Yeah? So if you, if you start doing that in, at the beginning, I, I gave you examples of closes, but I mean, sometimes it's worth closing at the beginning, as we all know if i can do this for you um mrs client um would you feel that we'd we'd understood your problem yeah and then they're going to say yes or no and if they say yes then you go right in for the close, even though it might be at the beginning
0: this is all very interesting actually as as someone that does kind of understand that the learning styles as well it's always nice to hear that there have been some developments in it because when I first heard about them it was ooh, probably more than about 10 years ago so it's it, it's probably was brand new at that point i.e they just gave me a couple of questions and that was pretty much the cutting edge of, <laughs> of finding out what, what learning style you had but it's good that things are Things are moving on, I guess. I mean, mm. would, would it not? I mean, this is just going to sound probably a bit of a daft question, but would it not feel a bit strange to you, I guess, or even the other person, when you're you're asking them using different words and different language to try to understand what, like the per, like the the best answers that they give? So you go, oh, that that, that sounds good, doesn't it? And they might go yeah and I go oh do you, like, do you like the way that feels when, when, when you know like the um, the guy with the cricket right it was kind of yeah. like how did it feel when you had a massive cheer when someone hits a six and go oh I suppose it feels okay does, yeah. does it not come across as strange that you're using different language like with the same person in the same conversation
1: what, what I think you're you're naturally using all the different language you know we say at the end of a letter look forward to to hearing from you soon, right? So we've got visual and auditory in there, that's why they did it in fact in the old days, look forward to hearing from you soon. And people need this security. You know, we, we have one language and we're in one body and no two people express themselves exactly the same way. No two people have got the same fingerprint, yeah? That is remarkable. So in order to hone it down and for us to interact with people that are going to help us in life, both socially and in business, we need to be communicating at a level that they understand. And if we go to a foreign country we have to learn that language before we can speak to them. Yeah? So that's what we're doing here we're just, in a smaller version. We're just learning a little bit more so we can be closer to the client. So the cl- client can feel more comfortable. So we can save time going around the houses because we just direct them to the way that they're, they're, they prefer and let them then make their decisions in their own time and in their own way but we'll understand what they're doing and why they're doing it because we can ask them questions along the way that won't upset them and we can suggest things to them along the way that they might like to look at or have they heard about this new product yeah if you've got a new product or a new service that you're offering have you heard about this already you know auditory would you like to look this up online or would you like me to give you a brochure? Would you like to come into the showroom and look at this product? Would you like to um, see, have a meeting which would be C visual with one, one of our successful clients who's already used this product. You know, all those things are open to you now that weren't before you can Go right onto their platform of vocabulary and understanding and ask for their advice, ask for what they want to know more about, and ask for the sale. So, it, there's a no. It's, as far as I'm concerned, it's win win. And of course, it's like everything else, you will not get 100% accuracy with this. It just doesn't happen. But the nearer you can get to that, the better.
0: Yeah? Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely interesting for, even as someone that, that understands it somewhat, and that there are people that haven't really got a clue, probably didn't even realise that this went on. They probably just assumed that, you know, because we, we only really have our way, you know, we, we very rarely see things from other people's perspectives, do we? So oh, yeah. it's kind of like we don't realise that other people do talk in different ways, people do like to be spoken to in in a way that suits them as opposed to what suits other people and I guess it's um it's one of those things where it does just make things easier it's not about being perfect is it it's not about being amazing at it it's just about being able to hone the the message or the way you communicate so that the other person can make the you know the best decision for them Absolutely. You know, I used to go sailing on a Friday
1: evening for the whole weekend. And um, it meant that I had to slip off work early. My immediate boss at Xerox knew what I was doing, but I was doing really well at sales. So he didn't mind. And when I learned this all those years ago, um, I realized that I could save time. So I could reorganize my schedule to see more people in the week of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and less people on a Friday and leave Manchester, which is where I was working at the time, a lot quicker. So I used to get, it It was remarkable. So if you can get it even at a very base level, you're going to save yourself time. And you're going to have more harmonious relationships with your clients. And that can only lead to more success.
0: That's very, very well put, Carol. If someone wants to find out more about yourself, so we're getting close to the end. If someone wants to find out more about you, then where can people go?
1: Um, I think the easiest way, way to go is um, LinkedIn, really. Carol Railton, I think it says FR. I after my name and Carol's got an E or um, if you want to email me, it's Carol Railton. There's no dots or spots or hyphens. It's C A R O L E Railton R A I L T O M at iCloud.com. And then there is a Facebook page, which is Carol Railton online, which gives tips on this and body language. Um, you know, there's various videos online, if you just look for me, really. Um, and and the there's, there's sort of things that have become quite prevalent at the moment are these behaviours and learning styles, and also how people present and use them differently. I just researched the top 10 TED speakers um, for a company, a UK company, but the research has gone worldwide. And that's really important as well, because when you get right to the top, those people at the top, either subliminally or been trained, are mainly using all the different styles when they're presenting, which is amazing, absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd imagine it's, um, it's either, as you say, something they've, they've learned like, through practice, or something that just comes naturally to them because they've been communicating for so long that it's just something that, to do automatically mm. if someone wants to find out more about this so we're talking like resources there could be books There could be you know there could be you know books articles apps all those sorts of things what resources would you recommend to someone that wanted to find out more about body language and learning styles
1: okay we have a page that we can send people so if you just uh, um, write you know can i ha- have the list of recommendations we'll just turn that around without any complications for you
0: okay cool yeah Does i'm happy help? to do that yeah cuz i i'll I probably miss something out is what i'm saying um, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, we can we, we we can add the, the recommendations <laughs> into the um, the notes for the show so if people oh, okay. are listening right, you I'll can, you, that can that always, yeah. you can always click to to see all of the recommendations that that carol has for us all right we've got one last question for you, Carol, and I ask everyone this. So mm-hmm. we've had crazy answers to serious answers. And it is, what would you like the world to know about you that it doesn't already know?
1: <laughs> um, oh, dear. That um, it doesn't <laughs> really know. Oh, no, dear me. Well, I, I'm a quite well-known photographer as well now, which I guess is from being focused on detail but I yeah. think what I'd like them to know is something that's quite extreme actually I took time out to study Gamelan which is Indonesian music and I uh-huh. went off to Java to learn all about it and at the time I went to Java I, I'm not exaggerating a lot of people didn't even know where Java was and many people and even today didn't know what Gamelan was and they were quite worried for me but Actually it was fantastic time. The only downside was that there was no hot water where we were living. So oh. the thing to, to really know is I will never ever go camping if there's no hot water. So <laughs> I just cannot go through that again. I spent all that time and coming out of that, it was it was oh it was amazing hot water. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, Carol, thanks for being a guest on the show. I appreciate carving the time out. If people are tuning in for the first time, make sure you do subscribe so that you don't miss out on any of our future guests. Carol, Carol, thanks again. I appreciate it and I'm sure we'll keep in touch. Well done. Thanks very
1: much. Bye for now.